Howdy everybody, this is David Sanchez and this is episode 9 of the Riffs or Die podcast for November 25th, 2020. I am still in my paradise prison cell on quarantine on the island of Oahu in Hawaii. The most exciting thing about my week is having a busted foot. I went to the doctor and they said that I have got some severe tendinitis in my foot, so... I haven't been able to walk very well, and today is actually the first day I've been able to walk without a cane for quite some time. I've been hobbling around like the guy in Jurassic Park for a few days, and I finally got a boot, so I'm able to walk unassisted for the first time in quite a while, and I'm very, very stoked about that. I thought my foot was broken for a while up until I saw the doctor. In the middle of the night the other day, I just could not sleep. My foot was killing me. I didn't know what the deal was, but um, I didn't make much of it. And when I got up to go to the bathroom in the morning, I got out of bed and almost fell over like a cartoon character that slipped on a banana peel. My my whole body almost collapsed um, from excruciating pain in my foot. I'm happy that now actually I know somewhat about what's going on with my body, but it is not cool. Tendinitis is something I never really understood or paid much attention to. I had heard the word, but I didn't really know much about what it was or what it feels like. And I can tell you very honestly that it does not feel good. It hurts a lot, actually. I could only imagine if I was a drummer on tour right now and I had tendinitis, I don't think I'd be able to play a show. The The pain is pretty excruciating when you put some pressure on it, put some weight on it, especially with our band. If Pete had tendinitis and had to play a Havoc show, I don't think it would happen. There's so much double bass and stuff going on on the feet. And I was sitting on the patio the other day, looking down on the road and uh, sitting there very uncomfortably with my foot kind of wrecked. And I'm looking down and I see a guy cleaning the street. And he's cleaning the street and he only has one arm. So that kind of put things into perspective. Yeah, my foot hurts, but I still have all of my limbs is a good reminder that it's it's really not so bad. could be much, much worse. Same goes with a lot of things. There's a lyric in the Suicidal Tendencies song called Gotta Kill Captain Stupid, where he says, So now you say life sucks. Well, 99% of it's what you make of it. So if your life sucks, you suck. I have the phrase 99% tattooed on me to remind me of that. 99% of it is what you make of it. So if your life sucks, that's your fault. There is 1% of your life you have no control over. And that's what you have to try to power through and do the best with the hand that you're dealt. Everything else, so it's basically up to you. That phrase from that suicidal song falls right in line with Stoic philosophy. Stoicism is basically making the most of the hand that you're dealt and You know, you basically take inventory of the things you can control and the things you cannot control. The things you can control, do your best with them. And the things you cannot control, just cut them loose. You can't do anything about it anyway, so why spend another second thinking about it? Or especially suffering over it? It's not a worthwhile venture for your mind. Your mental capacity is limited and spending it thinking about things that you have No control over is a big waste. Big waste of time, energy, and that's kind of all we have 
time and energy. And the time and energy run out eventually. I'll be getting out of quarantine here around Thanksgiving. And we don't really need a day to give thanks. Should be grateful every day. I think that gratitude and happiness go hand in hand. They're pretty equal. I think that gratitude equals happiness. The more grateful you are for things, the more happy and content you're going to be in general. Another big tenet of Stoic philosophy. Gratitude. Practice gratitude. Gratitude equals happiness. Speaking of gratitude, thank you for listening to this. This is episode number nine, and I think I'm starting to get the hang of doing this whole podcast thing. I'd like to start booking some guests on here soon, getting some more guests on. I'll have an update on that stuff, hopefully, by the next episode. And I'm very stoked. I got to do a uh, Instagram live hangout with the bass player of La Special. His name is Luke. And on there, we talked about their new record. And a bunch of people logged in and asked questions to Luke and to myself. And their record's coming out really soon on December 4th. The new La Special record is going to be coming out. It's called Ancient Homies. And no doubt, I will talk to those guys on this podcast at some point and ask them about the origins of the title Ancient Homies. How ancient are these homies? Who are these homies? Where did these homies come from? If you haven't checked it out yet, go listen to their new song that they released that's from their new record. It's called Snell's Fleet. S-N-E-L-L apostrophe S. Fleet. F-L-E-E-T. It's a really cool instrumental song. It's quite long, but it's a nice musical journey. Again, it's another one of their songs that's impressive that it's only three people on the recording. Speaking of musical releases that I had something to do with, I forgot to mention this on the last episode, but my buddy Jake Weber, spelled W-E-B-E-R, just one B, he played in a band called Harlot, and uh, he's been writing some music just solo by himself. And I got to mix and master one of his new songs that just came out. It's called Machine God. So if you're bored and you want to listen to some heavy thrash on a seven-string guitar, go on Spotify or YouTube or wherever you listen to music and type in Jake Weber with one B, Machine God. I was able to utilize some very cool new plugins to do the mixing for that song. A lot of the stuff was programmed, so we used Superior Drummer and Easy Bass, which are really badass plugins that are both made by a company called ToonTrack. So, huge shout out to ToonTrack for making Superior Drummer and Easy Bass. They both sound amazing and they're very intuitive and pretty simple to use. But they sound completely real, and they're practically endlessly tweakable. Very, very useful tools when it comes to writing songs or just um, creating demos. You know, when you don't have a full band around you, if you don't have recording mics for a drum set, all these typical problems of musicians that are just starting out, look into TuneTrack, Easy Bass, And Superior Drummer is the more advanced version of their drum software. Easy Drummer is the very simple one. And I've used Easy Drummer a lot. It got used 
plenty when we were doing the pre-production for the V album. So easy drummer, easy bass, super great software. And as an audio engineer, I'm impressed by things that work well and sound great. And all the tune track stuff that I've ever used is very easy to use and sounds amazing. So check those out. If you're into recording, you need some drums for your project that you don't have a drummer for yet, or you just don't have mics to record drums. Easy Drummer is a great, great solution for not having a drummer or drum mics or the recording interfaces to handle that many inputs. One thing that we did a lot during the pre-production for V is we hooked up a Roland V-Drum drum set, the electronic kit, and we sent out what's called a MIDI signal to the computer and recorded the MIDI signals from the electronic drum set. And MIDI is not audio. It's basically components that you can change into audio. It basically takes a signal, a little code, and sends it to the computer that tells it what got hit and how hard it got hit. Then the computer, you know, if you throw this into Easy Drummer or Superior Drummer, it can basically decode what was hit and how hard it was hit and assign different drum sounds to that MIDI information. So basically with Easy Drummer or Superior Drummer or a lot of these different drum programs, you can take a MIDI file and put the drum sounds to it. Like replace the MIDI information with drum sounds. And it's great because you can uh, move hits around. You can completely rearrange beats if you want very easily because it's not in actual audio format. It's uh, just a digital computer file. And it's great because if you don't like the sound of the snare drum or the kick drum or the cymbal or whatever that you're using in Easy Drummer or Superior Drummer or whatever, you can just thumb through literally hundreds, if not thousands of different sounds to find something that you like. So let's say you record the MIDI out of the electronic drum kit, get it into your recording session, pull up Easy Drummer, and you like the way the drums sound just from the default kit, but you don't like the way the kick sounds. You can just click on the kick and thumb through and find a kick that you like better and replace that sound. Boom, your whole drum set sounds different. It's really amazing how far the technology has come. It's within the grasp of anybody who's got a couple hundred bucks to spend and a computer. This is stuff that was completely unthinkable a few decades ago. So thanks again, nerds. I'd like to remind all of you that if you want to get your hands on some handwritten lyrics or do a Zoom hangout with me and some other supporters of this podcast on top of discounts on the merch store, cool, rare items, and early access to things, go to patreon.com slash riffs or die and subscribe and become a Patreon member. You'll also get access to bonus episodes of this podcast that are unavailable to the public. But if you subscribe at Patreon, you'll have access to all of that stuff. So again, that's patreon.com slash riffs or die. And a huge thank you to all the people who have already subscribed on Patreon. You guys are helping to keep my head above water during this time where virtually all music work has been taken away from artists. As we all know, there's no touring. 
nobody buys music anymore. So the donations on Patreon are greatly, greatly appreciated and vital to me being able to do these podcasts. So thank you very much. In case you didn't know from listening to other episodes, I released a couple of new shirts on riffsordie.com. There's now the No Karate in the Pit shirts and a shirt that says Music Saved My Life. And on the music staff there, it's got these little heartbeat monitor images. Music is life. Riffs or die. It's what we say around here, and by we, I mean me. I. Me, myself, and Irene. I just watched that movie the other day. I had never seen it. came out like 20 years ago. I've always wanted to see it. Everyone always said it was hilarious, but I've never watched it up until a couple days ago. Hilarious. Jim Carrey was really, really good in that movie. There's a part where he's fighting his uh, bad self in his split personality. The good one and the bad one are duking it out inside of his body. And the way he acts that out in the movie is completely amazing. Really good performance. Jim Carrey is a master of physical comedy. Dude can crack you up without saying anything. I also finally got around to watching There's Something About Mary and rewatched The Life of Brian, which I hadn't seen in like 30 years, 25 years, something like that. Not since I was a little kid. There's Something About Mary was also hilarious. And um, both me, myself, and Irene, and There's Something About Mary were both made by the Farrelly brothers who created Dumb and Dumber. And maybe you guys don't know this, but my favorite movie of all time is Dumb and Dumber. I've seen that movie so many times, but it still cracks me up whenever I watch it. I love that movie so much because there's a joke in that movie like every 20 seconds. The whole thing is funny. And there's a lot of very subtle jokes in there that I didn't get when I was a kid. But now growing up and being older, I look at that movie and think it's even funnier than it was when I first saw it as a kid. I also really love Mel Brooks movies. And a lot of Mel Brooks stuff couldn't get made today. That's for sure. (laughs) Stuff like Blazing Saddles. And some of the scenes in History of the World Part 1. There's no way that those could happen today. The PC police would lose their minds. Especially on Blazing Saddles. There's a ton of very un-PC things in that movie. And that's a complete classic. If you guys haven't seen Blazing Saddles and you're not easily offended, you have to go watch that movie. I'm sure it's on Amazon or Netflix or Hulu or one of those places. And if it's not, if you have to rent it or buy it or something, just do it. It's a good one, especially if you like slapstick stuff or you just like completely irreverent humor, very un-PC. A lot of racial jokes happen in that movie. It takes place in the 1800s, just after slavery was abolished. There's a lot of really classic lines in that movie. Really funny dialogue, and just the characters are silly. And there's a part in me, myself, and Irene where Jim Carrey is like beating himself up, and it reminded me totally of a scene that's in Blazing Saddles, where there's a guy who's basically beating himself up. Much like Liar Liar. Jim Carrey's beating the shit out of himself in the bathroom. I'm kicking my ass. Do you mind?
Can you imagine how many more funny movies the world would have if Chris Farley was still alive? That dude left us way too soon. If he would have still been here, I think we'd have a lot more classic, hilarious comedy movies. Rest in peace, Chris Farley. The last movie he did was called Almost Heroes with Matthew Perry. And that movie's about them going on an expedition to the Pacific, trying to beat Lewis and Clark over there. And that's Farley's last movie, and it's fucking hilarious. I think the movie actually came out after Chris Farley was dead. That one kind of flew under the radar of a lot of people. And a lot of people I ask about that movie haven't seen it. So if you like Chris Farley, check out Almost Heroes. Guaranteed you will have a few laugh out loud moments. And there's a great story that gets retold by one of the uh, explorers on the expedition there. That almost made me piss my pants the first time I heard it. I saw that movie a long, long time ago. I must have been around 10 years old or something. And I apologize if it's a little noisy and the audio's a little weird in this podcast. I'm right next to a super busy road and the uh, separation between the road noise and where I'm recording this is not terribly dense. So my apologies if it sounds a little funky. I'm not in a studio studio like I was back in Colorado in my mixing room. So please forgive me. Please. (laughs) I really hope that I can get my foot healed up sooner than later because I would love to go and swim in the ocean and hike some mountains so fingers crossed this thing won't take terribly long to heal but uh, for now it is less than ideal to not be able to walk But thankfully, I can still do plenty of other things. I've got plenty of work to do here on my computer. Got some audio things I need to wrap up. Which, by the way, if you play in a band and you want some stuff mixed or mastered, feel free to hit me up at info at riftsordie.com. All the contact information is on riftsordie.com. So if you forget it, just go there and hit me up. Shoot me a message. With that, I say it's time to get into some of the questions for the week. If you have any questions or comments for the show, please write them to podcast at riftsordie.com. Let's go. This one says, howdy there, David, or shall I say aloha? (laughs) My question is about climate change. Whoa, okay. Now, I know that some people think that this is a big hoax. Some people believe it's real. I believe you now may be an expert on this, seeing as how you have changed your climate. (laughs) That's funny right there. That's funny right there. I don't care who you are. That's funny. Good Lord. Since arriving in the Pacific Islands, has your hair become more curly? Has your skin become more moistened? Are you drinking as much water in Hawaii as you did in Colorado? Since you are newly an observer of science in climate change, please tell me about your experiences going from a high desert to a Pacific Island jungle. Thank you for taking time to answer my question and aloha. Well, um, I have changed the climate that I'm living in. 
and my hair being more curly. Um, I don't think it's gotten much curlier. I've noticed that my skin is not as dry. Typically in the winter in Colorado, my knuckles crack open, start bleeding all over the place. And it's very sexy. Um, ladies and gay guys really seem to like my cracked bloody knuckles in the winter with the white flakes coming off of the backs of my hands. But out here, I don't have that problem, which is really nice. It's very moist in the air. And as far as drinking water, I don't think I am drinking as much water as I did in Colorado. I don't seem to get as thirsty here. But then again, maybe that'll change once I get my ass outside, run and hike and swim and do all the cool things that I cannot wait to do out here. I've definitely noticed that I enjoy ice water even more than I already did. In Europe, they don't really believe in ice. In Europe, we call ice cubes European diamonds. Restaurants don't seem to ever give you ice, even when you get like a soda or something like that. So I've definitely been consuming a lot more ice water while I'm out here in Hawaii, just because it's it's warm. So the ice water is twice as refreshing as it is in Denver in the wintertime. Although I do love how when you're in a really cold climate like Denver in the winter, the stuff coming straight out of the tap is super cold. You don't even really need ice. That's probably the best thing about winter. I don't snowboard or anything like that anymore, so ice cold water straight off of the tap is probably my favorite thing about winter. Least favorite? Probably shoveling or traffic because we have so many transplants to Colorado that don't have a clue how to drive in the snow. So here's a little tip for all you people that are driving in the snow that aren't used to it. When you start slipping on ice or you see some ice in front of you, don't accelerate. Don't slam on your brakes. Just glide over the ice. Keep your wheel straight and glide over it. Maybe that'll save somebody from getting in an accident. This message is brought to you by Hawaiian Ice Water. Thanks for writing in those questiones. All right, we got another one here. This one says, podcast question, 115 BPM, key of B. It says, hello, David. Literally, it says, hello. It's not just me being weird. Although that will happen time to time, this is not one of those times. Hello, David. Been a fan since I was 15 in 2011. Time is up was a huge influence on me, and I'm now a man who knows guitars and amps as a way of life. I remember learning riffs from YouTube videos you made breaking down songs from Burn. Do you ever imagine yourself making videos for your newer songs? Maybe some from V. Riff karaoke is the best karaoke. Also, I wanted to ask your opinion on the Beatles. Thanks for all your thought-provoking content you've created. Well, thanks for listening. If it's provoking thought in someone, that's good, I suppose. That's the goal of some of this stuff, especially some of the lyrics that I write. But let's get into your question here. You asked if I ever imagined myself making videos for some of our newer songs on how to play the guitar riffs. Absolutely. That's something I'd like to work on this winter when I've got some free time. I do have a super sick new guitar here that I just got. It's an ESP E2 Eclipse in a satin snow white finish it's beautiful it plays great 
I can't wait to make some videos with it, but definitely this winter I would love to make some new videos that are somewhat of a playthrough video, but also showing you how to play some of the riffs. So definitely expect some more guitar lesson type of videos to come out sometime in the next handful of months. I don't want to commit myself to a deadline on that, but when I have the time, I will be making some of those for sure. And my opinion on the Beatles, I like the Beatles. Um, I was never a humongous Beatles fan, but honestly, watching the Yellow Submarine movie made me get the Beatles a lot more. I understood and appreciated them a lot more after watching that movie than just the tunes that I've heard on the radio several times. I'm still not like the hugest Beatles nerd, but I I do like their music. They have a lot of songs that I like, and the production on their stuff is pretty impeccable for the time. Pretty amazing production. You can hear everything super clearly. And if you've never seen Yellow Submarine, I would highly suggest it, especially if you're into animation. The the animation in that movie is very cool. It's a lot of really trippy stuff. And the music fits quite well. If you can, listen to it with a good sound system. Because some of those songs really bump when you have that movie cranked up. It's quite nice, quite enjoyable. Thanks for the podcast question. 115 BPM in the key of B. Appreciate it. Let's wrangle up a couple more questions for this podcast and we'll wrap it up. I'm fucking starving. I got to eat something. So diving in, this one says podcast question. There's no T in this. It just says question. I like that. Let it be known throughout the land. I like that a lot. So podcast question. Hey, David, I was wondering how you handle all the people in your life who don't understand what the fuck you were talking about. Most people aren't looking into esoteric philosophy and ancient spoopiness. And I don't have shit to talk about with them anymore. How do you maintain close relationships with your old friends as you learn more about this wild world? Also, great advice I got when needing direction was don't do anything for money that you wouldn't do for free. Excellent advice. Don't do anything for money that you wouldn't do for free. Thanks for the excellent podcast and support of free thinking. Thanks for writing in. And this is a very interesting question. How do I handle all the people in my life who don't understand what I'm talking about? So I started learning a lot about things that the news and history books don't like to talk about when I was probably in my late teenage years. Learning about, um, you know, possible other reasons and what's behind big events in in, uh, our history, recent and more ancient. Things that are uh, outside of the normal talking points when it comes to like JFK, 9-11, history of religions, history of secret societies, and lots of other things that would be generally considered conspiracy theories. But some things are not theories. Some things are genuine conspiracies. Conspiracy theory is different from a conspiracy. People seem to get these two things confused all the time today. As if a conspiracy is something that didn't happen. And it's just some tinfoil hat wearing 
crazy person's rants. A conspiracy is a real thing. A conspiracy theory is a theory that there's a conspiracy. The creation of the Federal Reserve was a conspiracy. The fact that America exists as a country at all was a conspiracy. People conspired to overthrow the government. Anytime a group of people goes in and robs a bank, they conspired. There was a conspiracy to rob the bank. Conspiracy does not necessarily mean that something is bullshit. People have got that totally twisted up right now, and it drives me kind of mad when I hear people say, like, oh, well, that's just a conspiracy. Like, uh, you're, you're saying that it's real? Whereas what they mean as, as a doubter of them is to say, ah, oh, that's just a conspiracy theory. But somehow in the world today, people have married the word conspiracy with conspiracy theory, a.k.a. thinking it's just crazy lunatic raving bullshit. So how do I handle the people in my life who don't understand this kind of stuff? I just don't talk about that kind of shit with people that don't get it. There's a lot of different layers that need to be peeled back for someone to actually understand that stuff and be on the level and have a real conversation about things like that. Um, you know, there's ways that you can give hints to people to try to get them to look into it for themselves, but you'll just sound crazy to anybody who hasn't researched any of this stuff for themselves. If you just start dropping facts about certain things, talking about the Federal Reserve or the Titanic or the history of religions or JFK or 9-11 or whatever it is that you're talking about. People won't believe you because they have no, no basis for your, your statements. So people really need to research this stuff for themselves and figure it out for themselves. There's plenty of documentaries though, that can definitely help. When I was younger, I watched the zeitgeist movies Also, some documentaries that I've seen that were very eye-opening. One's called um, Everything is a Rich Man's Trick, I think. Talk about a lot of different, quote, conspiracy theories um, with a lot of facts to back up the things that they're talking about. There's a great one about 9-11 called 9-11 in Plain Sight. And it's uh, spelled in plain, like an airplane, and then sight is not spelled like vision, like seeing. It's spelled sight, like a construction site. S-I-T-E. In plain sight. That's a really good one because it's not really uh, leading your brain anywhere necessarily. It's not saying that there's anything conspiratorial. It's asking you to kind of figure things out for yourself and just presenting you with with footage and, and lets you decide what you think of it. That one's very good. Also, there's a documentary called The Corporation, where they go into deep detail about how corporations operate and how they're essentially outside of the jurisdiction of any national government. So they're able to almost run how governments work, because if they can't do something legally in one country, they'll just go to another one and do it there. The Corporation is a good one. There's also a a documentary called Chimatica, K-Y. M-A-T-I-C-A, I believe is how it's spelled. Chimatica is a good one. But there's a ton of documentaries like this that can really help open people's eyes if they're willing to look into the information. Any of those that I just named 
might help you get a better understanding of some of the things that I talk about on this podcast and some of the things that it sounds like you probably are aware of already. Speaking of esoteric philosophy and, quote, ancient spoopiness. I saw a thing the other day that said, if the news is fake, think about how bad history is. And there's a lot to be unpacked from from that statement. I, I think that we probably don't know a lot of things that have happened in the true human history. And unfortunately, possibly the biggest wealth of ancient knowledge was burned down. I'm talking about the Library of Alexandria in Alexandria, Egypt area. That library might have had the blueprints for the pyramids. It might have had the oldest records known to man in the entire library, biggest library in the world at the time. Got fucking burned to the ground. Everything in it incinerated. We'll never know what was in there. That's some really sad shit. Very unfortunate event for the history of all of humanity, honestly. That's not just a bunch of nerds being bummed out about losing information. That's information in there that could have maybe helped all of human civilization for centuries, millennia. We'll never know. But the more you learn about some of these ancient things and secret things and just stuff that they don't teach you about in school, the more you learn about those things, the more crazy you sound to people that have never heard of any of these ideas. So I guess to maintain relationships with people, you have to tread lightly when they have no interest in learning about that kind of stuff. You just don't talk about it because otherwise I, I could see that severing your relationship with people if they don't want to hear it. In today's age, I guess you might be able to share certain meme pages on Instagram or something. Meme accounts that share things and drop little truth nuggets and knowledge bombs. Maybe that would be a good way to crack people's eyes open and maybe start thinking outside of the box or at least questioning what they've been taught. You got to think, with the Department of Education, anything that we learn in a public school is government-sanctioned, like stamped, approved by government for kids to learn this stuff. So anything the U.S. government wouldn't want you to learn about, you're not going to learn about it in a public school. That right there is very telling and should be reason enough for people to go and explore other methods of thought, other ideas, books that are outside of the norm. Because the last thing we need is a bunch of people sitting in government offices dictating what we're allowed to learn. That's a completely bogus way to operate and um, is very dangerous. Think of all the, the things that are omitted from history books in schools, especially Nikola Tesla, one of the greatest inventors of all time, maybe the smartest dude that ever lived who was an American citizen and did a lot of his work in the United States, and I never heard a peep of his name. Not one mention of his name in all of my schooling. Very suspect. So feel free to explore things outside of what you've been taught in school. It's good for you. Stretch your brain out a little bit. And a mind that's been expanded to new places can never go back to the way that it used to be. Knowledge is power. Make yourself more powerful. 
research things. Don't believe everything you think. There's a great phrase that says, believe none of what you hear and half of what you see. There's a great piece of wisdom for you guys to take home with you. And I really love the wisdom that this person wrote in. Don't do anything for money that you wouldn't do for free. I like it. I love that you guys keep sending in wisdom that you've heard. That way we can share it here on this podcast. Please, please, please write in the wisest thing you ever heard or the best advice you ever got. Write it in to me at podcast at com, and let's try to make the world a little bit wiser. Try to make the world a little bit brighter. I really appreciate that stuff. Thanks for writing in. That's a really great question. And there's a bunch of stuff in there that we could probably branch out from and take a whole nother podcast to discuss. But if you want to write in again anytime, please do it. Sounds like you must have a couple aces up your sleeve and probably know about a lot of things that I have no clue about. So feel free to write in. Everybody, feel free. Podcast at ripsordie.com. Let's do one last question. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the last last podcast question for this day, this week, this episode. This one says, I need advice. Don't we all? All right. This one says, hey, I just want to say I love V. Thank you very much. I was introduced to Havoc when Conformicide came out, and Killing Tendencies is one of my favorite songs. I am an aspiring metal musician. I'm not super interested in being in a band, but I do want to compose for things like video games. I get lots of inspiration from different places like Dimebag Daryl, Metallica, Havoc, Mick Gordon, and sometimes I'll turn on some Bach for some classical inspiration. My question is, how do I find my own sound? I want to be like the people I admire, but I don't want to sound like a copy. I've made a couple of songs, and I find myself saying, hey, that sounds like Exodus, or hey, that sounds like Testament. I want to be able to find my style where I can say, hey, that sounds like me. Any advice? Also, I have advice that my late grandpa told me all the time. Sometimes to me, sometimes about others. He always said, quote, if you're going to be dumb, you better be tough. (laughs) Excellent advice. Thanks a bunch. P.S. I listen to the podcast at work every weekend, and listening can make my boring work feel a little more fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I'm really glad that it can help pass the time a little bit better. So you want to find your own sound. Basically, the reason that Havoc sounds like it does is because we have influences that are kind of all over the place. We don't just listen to metal. It comes from funk Latin music, jazz, prog rock, classical music, punk, country, obviously metal. But kind of all over the place is where we are influentially. You know, we take inspiration from a lot of different genres of music. We kind of like throw it all into our big black metal cauldron and stir it all together. And that's why Havoc sounds the way that it does. So, how to get your own sound. I would say you need to start peppering in your different influences and mixing them together instead of uh, having a certain riff that sounds just like band X or Y or Z. Maybe have 
an aspect of the riff sound like band X, Y, or Z and throw in some of your classical influence, throw in some Bach style stuff to it. Maybe you write one guitar riff that sounds like Exodus or Testament. And then the second guitar plays something that sounds like Bach or Mozart or Beethoven. That's how you can start to get your own sound. That way it's not going to sound just like a carbon copy of somebody else. So that's my advice to start peppering in your different influences into your own music instead of going for one type of a sound spice it up with some other influences that are different than the main one that you're starting the composition with that is my advice for how to find your own voice with your instrument best of luck with the writing i really hope that that helps a little bit and hit me up if you have any other questions about that kind of stuff I'm here. I like answering those questions. So this brings us to the end of this episode. <laughs> I'm sad. Oh my God. It's over. It's all over. Yes, we made it. If you made it this far, you are a champion of the universe. Thank you very, very much for listening to the Riffs or Die podcast. If you want to sign up as a patron, Go to patreon.com slash riffs or die. You can sign up at the five, 10, 25, $50 levels. They all include different things, but at the bare minimum, you do get access to the bonus episodes of the podcast. So do that. Please write in your wisdom and your advice to podcast at riffs or die.com. Go check out the web store at riffs or die.com. Follow me on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, all that nonsense. You know how to do it. Please continue to listen to this and share it with your friends. I really appreciate you guys' support. Y'all are the best, man. Thanks a lot. Take care of yourselves, and I will talk to you next week when I am out of my quarantine. Woo! Take care, everybody. I'll talk to y'all next week. <laughs>